G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, March 2. Yes, it is officially autumn. Joining me as usual, uh, Joel Marshall and Carl Diorio, my Winning Post colleagues. Well, Joel, first Group 1 day of 2024 in Sydney and it's a dual Group 1 card. Surround stakes, a bit of a pretend Group 1 in my opinion, a bit of a sort of warm-up race, but there's plenty of those on the calendar now. Uh, but the main interest in the newly renamed Very Elegant Stakes, the great mayor herself, of course, uh, tragically dying a couple of weeks ago, giving birth to her first foal, who also did not survive. Won this race twice, finished, in fact, ran it three times, ran second, then won the next two times. And Chris Waller, who trained her, has uh, the hot favourite on Saturday among four runners. And if one of those wins... Uh, he will have won it for an 11th time in 14 years, breaking the record of Tommy Smith, who took 27 years to win it 10 times. Um, and it's almost, I almost uh, don't need to ask you, as far as the listeners are concerned, whose corner you are in for the very elegant, because uh, the, a long time listeners would know that you are a long time fan of Fangirl. Yeah, indeed, Barks. And. Uh... Well, even you know, even her biggest fans, of which I am one, would have been a bit gobsmacked at what they saw first up. You watch the replay a few more times of that Apollo, and you see a few rivals in behind that were a bit unlucky and, and perhaps didn't have um, their full chance to, to extend and, and finish as close as they could have in the straight. But just isolate, you know, just watching her in isolation was just, uh, yeah almost winks-like. She uh, just ambled up to them and put them away. So you'd expect if we're on a, a firm ground, which is looking like what we're going to be on on Saturday, then she's going to justify her odds on quote again, I would have thought. But uh, there's a few horses in that race, as I said, that uh, can improve out of the Apollo. And yeah, the surround stakes, Group 1, as you said, um, you know, whether it should be a Group 1 or not, I guess is up for debate. But this is a pretty... Uh, deep race, I would have thought. I think there's some really nice fillies going around, and importantly, it's uh, um, very open. I think you can have sort of seven or eight picks here, and and uh, yeah, perhaps still miss the winner. I think it's a, a very open race, and there's some nice fillies going around. So yeah, certainly looking forward to Randwick on Saturday. In Melbourne, we're at Flemington Carl, and the main attraction is the Australian Guineas. It's a race that uh, Chris Waller has never won. Uh, he's had, in fact, he's never had a place getter, as far as I can find. Uh, he's had a couple of fourth place getters, uh, including Kermadec, the year he ran it in it as favourite. Waller is likely to have the favourite again on Saturday in Riff Rocket, who, uh, of course, won the Victoria Derby and then was uh, so impressive, first up winning the CS Hayes Stakes, which is usually the best guide to this race. You've spoken in Winning Post this week to a few uh, trainers of the key rivals to um, to Riff Rocket on Saturday. Um, how confident are they about turning the tables? Some of them, it's a bit mixed. I'd sort of say there's a, a healthy respect for Riff Rocket as the $2.50 favourite in the uh, Guineas. And uh, speaking to Mick Price and also Robbie Griffiths and um, speaking to Robbie Lane uh, all the way through this campaign with the uh, frequent starts of Hey Fat Cat, 
they couldn't be happier with the condition of how their horses are going into the race. But I think there's just a, a realisation that Riff Rocker, who's won his past three starts at Flemington, will be incredibly hard to beat. Um, I, uh, I suppose think there's different form lines in this event so we've obviously got the Pendragon from New Zealand we've got the Snow Patrol form lines that Riff Rocket maybe hasn't been exposed to through the autumn stakes and then we've got V8 dropping out of Wait for Age Company so from my perspective um, foreshadowing my selection a little bit I don't think it's a one-act affair and I think it's a really uh, a really interesting betting race this Australian Guineas. All righty. Well, we, we, we will start at Flemington. Um, there's actually only the two black type races on the card, but we might just take you right through the quaddy um, because the first uh, the first leg of the quaddy is not a black type race, but it is a $1 million race. So that's certainly worth talking about. And then while we're hot, we may as well finish off uh, in the last so the race that I'm talking about is race seven, English Sprint, 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties uh, for three-year-olds who are qualified for the English Race Series. And it is worth a million bucks. And we've got 19 facing the starter down the straight, Joel. Yeah, it's brought together a terrific lineup here, this race. Um, got some classy types going around. As you said, 19 of them to do battle. Uh, difficult race to really sort of stand one out, but I'm going to try and do that. I'm going to stick with Estriella, who was so impressive first up at Caulfield against her own uh, sex in the, in the Kevin Hayes stakes over the 1100, just sitting deep and off the pace and then just joined in like a, a good filly and put them away. So she's going to need to improve a little bit here. She's going to need to tick the 1200 metre box as well, but uh, she's had the benefit of one run down the straight and I'm sure she'll be better for that and as long as she can plot her path, I think she'll be very hard to beat. I've got one Cabalis in as the main danger. Uh, since joining Bjorn Baker, he's gone two for two. Won the 1,200-metre Eskimo Prince last time out, beating some very smart three-year-olds. That form should be strong. And then I'm going looking down towards the bottom for a couple of roughies. 19 west of Dolby is a handy filly uh, when right. Was not disgraced down the straight during Cup Week. Uh, went to Brisbane in December and won a stakes race. First up, they elected to bypass the White Fingers and they took on the weight, uh, the older horses at Wait for Age in the expressway. Oh, sorry, set weights and penalties. And she ran second last, but not beaten that far. She's uh, won a jump out at Flemington last week. I think she can show up at a bit of a price. And number 18, Frawley, was in at Packenham uh, tonight, or Thursday night, as we record. And they've elected to go here. Mick Price, Mick Kent Jr. already had a strong hand. Uh, I liked his recent jump out. I thought it was really good. And he's a, a debut winner at Geelong back in November. So he might be one at the big odds as well to include in your exotics. 8, 1, 19 and 18. With Australia as well on top, was in her corner uh, ahead of that first up run, along with Joel and uh, really pleased with what I saw. And you'd think the big open spaces of the uh, Flemington straight drawing uh, barrier six, Blake Shin has options, and uh, 1,200 metres should suit. Looks a really progressive sprinter. From Midnight Opal, number 16, who won, her, who won his first two starts at odds on in New South Wales and then was close up in the Brian Crowley behind Mumbai Muse, um, got back and found the line well on that occasion, has trialled well ahead of this assignment. Third, I'm putting in 13, Chevron, who was uh, the outsider of the field, about 125 to 1, Damien Lane aboard for Kristen Buchanan. Uh, form in Queensland is actually quite strong in my mind. It's beaten two lengths by Sofreldo in the size produce and then uh, 
just didn't see up the mile next time out. But uh, can sprint while fresh, has a big booming sprint on him. Trolls recently okay. And Cabalis, number one, in for fourth. The good last start winner of the uh, Eskimo Prince over Macarena. I've gone 8, 16, 13 and 1. Yeah, I was tossing up between Cabalas and Estriella. Went for Cabalas to beat Estriella. Uh, like Joel, I've got a bit of respect for West of Dolby. And Raikoki, I've got in uh, the undefeated Raikoki backing up. For fourth, 1, 8, 10 and... Sorry, 1, 8, 19 and 2. Um, I'll just uh, zoom in a little bit on uh, the tipping sheet here. Now, uh, race 8 is the big one. At Flemington on Saturday, Howden, Australian Guineas, 1,600 metres, set wakes for three-year-olds, Group 1, also worth a million bucks. Joel? Yeah, as Carl touched on, there's uh, quite a few different form lines here, and we've got the, the presence of a, a couple of Kiwis uh, coming across the Tasman in the Pendragon and Quintessa, and a couple of horses coming out of wait for age races. So, yeah, a bit difficult to line them all up, but I'm going to... Again, as uh, I am with Estrella, I'm sticking fat with a horse that performed well first up in Snow Patrol. Uh, you can make a case he should be unbeaten, had no luck at starts two and three after winning on debut, and then resumed with a really good win in the Autumn Stakes. So he kicked off at 1,400. Uh, he sort of got on his bike nice and early, Mark Zara, and had to dig in and, and fight to beat Southport Tycoon, who had to run under the belt, who had chased home V8. So I like the form line. Uh, and, yeah, he's going to be good each way odds again. I'm happy to stick with him to beat three King Colorado. Uh, going to lean his way just to turn the tables on Riff Rock. I don't think there's much between them, but Blinker's first time might just exact that little bit of improvement out of him. Both runs this time and have been excellent. Riff Rocket, well, he was terrific first up in the CSAs, and he has to be in your numbers. And I've put number seven, the Pendragon, in as possibly the pick of the Kiwis. I've put him in for fourth. Won three in a row, beat Quintessa twice, and then bumped into the star Philly Orchestral and the Cracker Millions three-year-old last time out. 11 on top for me from three, one, and seven. Going with V8 on top, I think he's winning the Australia Stakes. was very good. It was narrow, but he was uh, chased along a long way out and kept trying and won in good overall time. And then last start in the CF4, he just had to, again, get going a little bit earlier than desired. Um, uh, the horse there, Ayrton, just let those couple of leaders skip away and he had to pull out of uh, Ayrton's slipstream and he just sort of uh, just peaked on his run a little bit. The query is the 1,600 metres. We acknowledge that, but he was runner-up in the Caulfield Guineas last spring and against his own age group, having those weight for age form lines coupled with the likelihood of him settling in the first five from barrier six with Damien Lane sticking, I think V8's a pretty good each-way bet. From Hey Fat Cat, Running for the fourth sad day in a row. Um, look, he's been unplaced on each of those occasions, but gee, they've been good runs in defeat. And he's another one that's coming out of weight for age form line. So I'm placing value in that. Barrier one, hopefully he jumps okay and can put himself somewhere near the speed without getting absolutely um, uh, hammered as he was two starts ago in the CS Hayes. For third, number three, King Colorado with the Blinkers first time. And for fourth, number one, Riff Rocket, who was aided by that fast tempo in the CS Hayes. Might be a slightly different story this time around. I've gone 2 14, 3 and 1. A Rick Rocket for me to beat V8, Snow Patrol, and the Kiwi Philly Quintessa. 1 2 11 and 15. Race 9 at Flemington on Saturday. TAB Blamey Stakes, 1600 metre group 2. Set weights and penalties, Joel. 
Yeah, I'm with number two, a tissue uh, yet to be scratched, but uh, uh, for me, the Melbourne or Sydney, but do notice that she's just been recently updated as being stabled out of Flemington. So it looks like she's made the trip back down the highway. Uh, her first up run in the All Stakes, I think, was a forgive. Just the race shape didn't really suit at all. She couldn't get into the race. She was just too far back. Uh, she'll be fitter for that. We saw what she did at Flemington last spring with her second in the Empire Rose and her McKinnon win. And I think 57 kilos is is a, a pretty fair weight, only giving two kilos uh, to almost every runner, apart from the one down the bottom, she gives four. So I think she's pretty well in the tissue, and I think she'll be hard to beat. Main danger, uh, one of those down towards the bottom, number 14, Carini. I thought he was very good first up. Uh, will be fitter for that, and extra distance is a plus. And I've got a couple of the staying types returning that might be able to bob up and run a race fresh at the mile. Seven, Captain Envious and three future histories already met with a bit of support two on top though from 14 seven and three in the corner of Karini, uh, number 14 and quite strongly i think if he doesn't win i'm not sure where the winner is coming from he does draw wide but he'll get back in the field and be steaming home the rise to 1600 meters as joel said with having fitness second up suits he's unbeaten from two previous second up attempts and he was impressive winning uh, at Flemington over the 1,700 metres last campaign. Looks well-suited under the uh, the weight scale with this Blaney Stakes, and he might just book his way into the All-Star Mile, but alternatively, I think the Australian Cup is the perfect race for Karini this campaign. From four, Muramasa, who resumes from a spell, he made excellent progress last campaign as a gelding. Uh, third, number eight, Macram. Well, wasn't clever enough to put him in the numbers when he won the Elms at 150 to 1, but we've learnt our lesson now. And for fourth number two, a tissue. 14, four, eight, and two. Uh, I went for Ayrton, who is uh, you know, the former uh, the former next big thing and uh, got rolled at dollar fifty a couple of times. Uh, but he's going, re- he's going reasonably well. He's been up for a while, uh, spacing, uh, spacing his runs. Um, good win in the Barton. Good run in the CF4. And I think pretty well suited back to these um, set weights and penalties. Here's one of the higher raters. In the race and only 1,600 metre one was in the Gunsin Classic at three and one by about three lengths. So uh, Ayrton for me on top from a tissue, Barclay Square and Muramasa, five to 11 and four. And as I said, we'll just finish off the quaddy while we're hot at Flemington and race 10 is the Schweppes Plate. It's a 1,400 metre benchmark, 84, Joel. Yeah, I've gone the way number four, Aaron Bay. He was a second up winner last prep and I thought off what he did first up over the 1,400 metres here from a tricky gate, uh, you could uh, back him with a bit of confidence. He was beaten less than two lengths there behind Jenny Lala. And you look at his second up record, he does always excel three wins from four starts. So I've got him out of five, Lounge Bar Ruby. Comes through the same race. He was off a bit of a freshen. He ran really well, finishing second. Uh, two, so risque. Very consistent. He was a winner at Flemington, two runs back. Went up to Sydney, battled on really well. They... they had to fight to get past him in the straight there. And I've put the import number 13, unlimited, one to watch from the Chris Wally yard, uh, kept him safe and put him in for fourth. Certainly watching market moves with him. He's on, he's our Bonneval number seven would be the other one I'll be coming home with in the quaddie. Four, five, two, 13. He's our Bonneval on top for me. He's a dual acceptor, also entered for Adelaide. And uh, his two runs this campaign have been excellent, uh, you know, closing efforts. And uh, I think this is probably his best track in distance. 
uh, in saying that, um, he, he has had three goes over the track resistance and run second and fourth and, and was unplaced on the other occasion. But I just think the way, you know, this track sort of sets up for him, it allows him to get back and find the line with the right run. And he won't get as far back this time, I think, from barrier seven. Uh, last start in that Jenny Lala race, G-Day went hard and it brought the swoopers into play. I've gone number 11, Frigid in for second. Uh, first up from a spell, will get better over further, but it has a touch of class about her. She's lightly raced and progressive. Third number five, Lounge Bar Ruby, who was runner-up in that Jenny Lala race just ahead of his Bonneval, has to uh, draw wider than his Bonneval on this occasion. And for fourth number six, Raw Mile, I think, again, another one that can show up first up in a little bit of odds. Seven, 11, five, and six. Uh, Aaron Bay for me to beat so risque. He's our Bonneville and Frigid 42711. Uh, my best, which uh, worryingly is a horse that neither of the boys uh, found in their top four, is race nine, number five, Ayrton. My value bet race five, number seven, Bonnie Moore. Don't know what she beat on debut, but did beat them very, very easily and uh, can be backed each way in the fifth. Down the straight five and a half. Joel's best was race seven, number eight, Estriella. Value bet race eight, number 11, Snow Patrol. Carl's best up against mine is uh, race nine, number 14, Carini. Carl, tell us about your value bet. Race six, number seven, Astrionis. Um, this is a horse that comes down from Sydney. Just hasn't been finishing off his races of late. Um, he had a bit of a tough run, two starts go over 1,800 behind Louisville. And then last time was uh, just just didn't see up to 2,000 metres to my eye. Encouraged to see Annabelle Nation bring him down to Victoria. He drops back to the mile here. Um, we've got a short price favourite in another Will who is stepping up in grade, and we had Magnus Spin get uh, you know, uh, nailed on the line by Rumbled again. Uh, I just think maybe this, this, this Sydney visitor with different form lines and maybe getting back to his most appropriate distance... Um, could show up at each way odds. So just, just speculating on him. Race six, number seven. All righty. Big, big day at Royal Randwick on Saturday. As I mentioned, it's the first Group 1 day in Sydney for 2024. And uh, that's not all, though, the two Group 1s. There's some uh, plenty of other juicy events on the card, uh, not least of which is race four, which is the first of the black-type races, Katanar's Jewelers Skyline Stakes, 1,200 metres, Set weights, two-year-old Colts and Geldings at Group 2 level sees the return of the Golden Slipper favourite, Storm Boy, Joel. Yeah, certainly exciting. Um, very short, into $1.25, I think. But uh, on what we've seen to date, he's the, the one they've all got to beat. And off his recent trial win, um, he certainly hasn't gone backwards since the Gold Coast. So I've got him on top. Uh, I had a little bet on number seven, President, at, at big odds, more so a place. I think he's a nice son of I Am Invincible. He had one of the better 600 to 200 sectionals of the day on the Kenzo track uh, when running on behind the on-speed Quinella, and he just peaked on his run late. I think there's good improvement in him. Three Prost, good winner of the Canterbury, has to be a chance, and four Parkour will be running on strongly. One, seven, three, and four. Gone with Parkour on top just to maybe at the price and hopefully create the upset. I was impressed by his run on effort at Ballarat behind Arabian Summer, and then he won at Randwick getting back and finding the line really well. I'm sure he'll be strong at the end of 1,200 metres, and uh, 
I just want to spec him at the H way to beat Storm Boy, but healthy respect for what that Justify Colt has done. He, he won in very quick time at the Magic Millions. Uh, definitely deserves to be Golden Slipper favourite. No knock on him whatsoever. Prost in for third, who won the Canterbury, and that form line has uh, stood up you know, reasonably well in the Blue Diamond. And for fourth, number seven, President, uh, for the same reasons that Joel outlined. I've gone four, one, three, and seven. Across to race six at Randwick on Saturday. This is the Phillies division TAB Sweet Embrace Stakes. Also 1,200 metre group, two set weights for the Phillies, Joel. Yeah, probably a, 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 it's, well, certainly more open and, and a bit trickier to line up this race than the, than the skyline. I'm going to stick with number seven, Wavebreaker, who I uh, was with in the Widden on debut. I thought she trialled up quite well for that. I thought she ran pretty well. She loomed like a bit of a chance. A couple of them did. And then Lady of Camelot really dug in and put them to the sword late. Uh, Manal did run past her, uh, the Jim Crack winner. And she'll no doubt have improvement in her as well. But I just saw from a good, good, a good gate, they can usually improve length, start one to start two. And yeah, she certainly didn't do anything in that win to, to make me want to drop off her. So each way, number seven, to beat one Manal. Two, Castagna. Both her runs uh, today have been excellent, charging home behind Switzerland and then again finishing strongly to win the Lonro Plate. And I've put photographics in for fourth. I didn't originally have her sort of in the mix, but um, that Warwick Farm win, even though it was a heavy and the form hasn't been flash, it was quite soft and just worth noting that Karen McAvoy, uh, I would have thought he would have been on Wavebreaker, but he's been aboard photographics in both her trials and he takes the ride here. So Maybe that's a bit of a pointer. Seven from one, two, and five. One on top for me, Manal, Jim Crack winner, who then was beaten by Lady of Camelot, who arguably in another set of circumstances would have won the Blue Diamond. From two, Castagna, last start winner of the long road plate, got back off a hot speed from the wide gate and finished home over the top. Both runs over 1,000 metres indicate that uh, the rising distance will suit. Just would have liked to have seen her draw a better barrier, but... Uh, She'll be steaming home late. Third number 11, Fly Fly. This horse was travelling well behind the leader from Barrier 1. Had a soft run, then didn't really get clear room when desired and was a little bit green over the concluding stages. Hopefully just gets a, a, a better run in transit. And for fourth, I'm putting in number six, Extreme Diva. Uh, one, two, 11 and six. First leg of the quaddy at Randwick on Saturday is the big one, or at least notionally, perhaps not the big one as far as betting goes, but it is the TAB Very Elegant Stakes, 1,600 metre, weight for age, group one, worth a million bucks, Joel. Yeah, fangirl on top, as we touched on earlier. There was a couple of horses there in the Apollo, um, Cascadian, Lindemann, Buckaroo, even Navajo Peak, who was caught wide. You can make a case they should have finished closer, but she was just too good for them and... And, you know, if let go, she probably would have, or she would have won by a lot further. So uh, easy to have on top, fangirl. I'm going to stick with the same Quinella and go with Buckaroo, who got held up and um, sort of the race passed him by a little bit there. But he was good late. I think if he runs really well here, he's going to be a, a certainly top pick for a Ranvet. Uh, I did have Tanner Tissue in for third, but suspect she's going to Flemington. So we'll bump Think It Over up to third. Uh, he filled that position in the Apollo. He's always going to have improvement in him. Uh, he'll improve again third up, but he can certainly run well here. And in for fourth, I'll go number five just fine. He's the horse still with X Factor because we saw him in his first campaign win three in a row very impressively, then start a favourite in the Group 1 Caulfield Stakes. And you know, it was probably just end of prep run there. So 
Um, he's still got that, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, a little bit of a ceiling to him. We don't really know where he absolutely fits in. So you want to be keeping him on side. Nine on top from four, one, and five. Similar numbers, same exact uh, fan girl picks herself from Buckaroo, who was an eye catcher, as you said, Joel, in the Apollo. Will be better over 2,000 metres, I've got no doubt. 16 to 2,000 metres is his best distance. Uh, for third number two, Cascadian, who was uh, luckless in the Apollo. And then for fourth number one, Think It Over, who uh, raced outside the lead and, and stuck on quite well. Uh, I think they sort of picked themselves. I'm a little bit surprised just by the so short in betting. Um, $7 second favourite. I couldn't find a spot for him in my top four. Uh, nine, four, two and one. Second of the group ones and second leg of the quaddy at Randwick on Saturday. Race eight, drink wise. Surround stakes, 1,400 metre group one. Set weights for three-year-old fillies, John. Yeah, similar to a few of my picks uh, on Sunday afternoon, I'm going to be sticking with one that I was with last start, and that's number 12, Steffi Magnetica. Uh, she was stepping up in grade for the Light Fingers off a couple of luckless defeats where she was second at Flemington and third at Rose Hill. And I thought she, again, without all favours, measured right up to this level. Uh, she got a settled back and then got a check and uh, was held up at the wrong point. But her last 200 metres was excellent. She was finishing strongly on that. I think she'll run 1,400 and from barrier one, she's going to get every chance to do so. So uh, she's already been uh, chipped away at, at sort of big odds. She's into around $15 now. And I think she's a, a good each way play. Certainly if you were with her the other day, as I was, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't be jumping off. So I'm with 12 to beat four, learning to fly. Excellent off the long spell. Uh, pretty good ride from Chad Schofield to get some cover from the wide gate, get into the clear, loom like the winner, and then just couldn't get past Kamochi. And Mrs. Consistency, who goes in for third, she finally landed a feature race win there first up. Uh, should improve even further out to the 1400. And I've got the Victoria number 10 roll on high in for fourth. What she did in her first prep was pretty good. She came from last at the 400 to win at Flemington during Cup Week, and she ran by subsequent Group 1 of Jolly Star and Kamochi. So no doubt she looks to be up to this level. Uh, she's just going to be getting back and, and needing a little bit to go right. 12 on top for me from 4, 3, and 10. Great race. Probably shouldn't be a group one, but that's a really good field. Plenty of quality fillies in this one. I've got Macarena on top. Uh, excellent, I thought, in defeat in the Eskimo Prince behind Cabellus. Won her two starts prior to going for a spell. Got pushing forward from wide gates or middle draws, I should say. Sitting up outside the lead and, and, and being too strong. thing about Macarena, I've made her my best bet. The only point of indecision I have about her uh, is the wide gate what they do? Do they go back like they did in the Eskimo Prince and, and try to rush home late? Or do they stride forward and, and ride there like the best horse and, and try and get a result here? There doesn't look to be too much breakneck speed, so I'll just be mindful of monitoring for a tactic change there for peace of mind. But Aegon Top from Four Learning to Fly, who was very good against the Phillies and the Light Fingers, that looks the main form reference with five tis invincible third. And I've put in two La Vida. Philly, I've got a bit of time for. No doubt will be better over further this campaign. I've put her in for fourth. But I've gone eight to beat four, five, and seven. Third leg of the quaddy at Randwick is race nine. Proven thoroughbreds, Guy Walter Stakes, 1,400 metres. Set weights and penalties are group two for mares. Yeah, three, Alentia. A bit stiff to lose first up in the Triscay. Uh, got held up at a couple of key stages, did protest against the winner, probably never going to get the protest, but 
still she was a bit stiff and I think uh, she can go one better here. She is two from three, second up. Her second up run in the spring, uh, she didn't have all favours when beaten. Just under two lengths, fifth in the tramway. Uh, six, Osbred Flirt, I think, is the main threat. Uh, she's an improving mare. She won really well first up last prep, only in 78 grade, but then she stepped to the group three angst and beat all bar renaissance woman in for third number five more secrets talented mare on her day she can mix it up we'd love to have seen a draw you know one two or three she just would have settled closer and 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 been harder to beat but she drew wide first up last prep and and got back and if they go back again she might you know be running on for fourth or fifth um but she's a, a chance and two hinged well, she's got to be a hope. This is certainly one of, you know, one of the easiest races she's contested in the last couple of years. She's usually mixing it at weight for age, group one level. Uh, we do know she is better with some sting out of the ground, however. Three on top from six, five and two. I've gone with Osbred Flirt. She's $12 into seven fifty. I also do note that she's a dual acceptor. She's uh, in the last race at Newcastle, which is a heat of the uh, provincial championship. So I think they'll end up in this race, but uh, mindful of where she runs from three Alentia. Look, we all saw how unlucky she was in the Trisco first up. Third number one, Duace. She's the class mayor of the field. Um, could have easily won the Cox Plate last year with a touch of luck. Uh, no doubt we'll get better over further, but must be respected. And for fourth number two, Hinge, who was that, uh, I think the first winner of the surround when it went up to group one level a couple of years ago. Uh, she resumes and is always thereabouts. I've gone six, three, one and two. And we finish the quaddy and the day with another black type race, race 10, Liverpool City Cup, 1300 metre group three quality, Joel. Yeah, I thought this was very tricky. Wide leg of the quaddy. Uh, if there's any market support for new energy, I'd be more confident, but he's a talented import. And I like the way he's been given a good grounding for this. Uh, had a few jump outs down south at Cranbourne. The latest, he was really made to stretch out and he came from off the speed to win the hit out. So I think he's been pretty well trained up for a forward showing fresh. Jason Collett from a good gate. He'll be strong at the end of this. And yeah, look, if he's a big drifter in betting, I'd be wary. But otherwise, if he holds his market around that $10, $11, I'll be happy to have something on him each way. Kovalika, number four, in for second. He kicked off at 1,300 in the spring in the Theo Marks. He drew eight, settled back, and was never in it. Uh, suspect he'll run a better race fresh this time around with J-Mac aboard from Barrier 4. Uh, of course, after that Theo Marks, he ran a couple of outstanding races in the Epsom and the King Charles. So we know he's good enough to win. Uh, his best will be over a bit further, though. Two, Cole Crusher, and 13, Win Chat, next best. They'll both be on speed. Attacking one another, I would have thought. Cole Crusher, very tough. He's got the 60 helos. Windchat, an emerging talent, gets in with 53. Uh, but, you know, Golden Mile's got to be a chance. Democracy Manifest. And even Fearson uh, won't be too far off from the speed and has a bit of a chance as well. I think it's a, a wide leg of equity with, obviously, most people going to go one out in the first leg. Six on top from 4, 2 and 13. Gone with three Golden Mile, who pulled up with issues post-race in the ex expressway. He was coughing uh, post-race. He's a lot better than that performance uh, suggests. His form last campaign I thought was excellent. He was placed in the Epsom with a really strong on-pace effort from the uh, wide barrier. He won the Theo Marks prior to that. And he was placed in the Golden Eagle and he led for a long, long way. Uh, I think he'll run. I think he'll outrun these odds. And I, I draw some parallels actually between the the prices between him and Cole Crusher in the Expressway. The, the market had them 
close together. And I feel that Cole Crush's price here is $4.65 with off his runner-up effort, which which is he's entitled to shorten off that run. I think if Golden Mile performed to somewhere near his best, he'd be somewhere around him in the market. And if you can forgive him for that first up failure, you've got to have him in the finish. So three on top from four, Kobalika. Uh, we'll get better over the campaign, I'm sure. 13, Winchat. And for fourth, number six, Joel Selection, New Energy. I'm sure there'll be plenty of interest back in Ireland to see how we can perform this campaign. Uh, that race will be about 7 a.m. in Ireland, so I'm sure we'll look out for a bit of Twitter activity there. Three to beat four, 13 and six. We have heard about Carl's specials at Ramwick. That's race eight, number eight, Macarena, his best. And we just heard his value bet race 10, number three, Golden Mile. Joel's best, most uncharacteristically, is in odds on favourite. In fact, if I, I thought if you were ever going to tip against Fangirl, it would be this week, Joel. But uh, race seven, number nine, Fangirl, his best. Tell us, Joel, about your, uh, your value bet because uh, it came up in race five, which we did not cover. Yeah, I was I was never going to tip against Fangirl, and I'm a bit disappointed. I made it my best. I just uh, didn't didn't have the guts to make anything else on that card. My best, so we'll go with her as the best. Hopefully, uh, she can maybe drift a little bit. But anyway, my value is uh, yeah, Etna Rosso, race five, number fourteen. Just been watching this import both runs, uh, thirteen fifty, two short first up, and then got to the sixteen hundred at Randwick, and I thought it was a real eye catching run. Yeah, it might be one run too short but I'm hoping he can pick this race on the way through to something maybe a bit longer, a bit better. Uh, I thought it was a good effort last start, had the third fastest last 200 of the race. Finished alongside uh, a couple of key dangers here in Miracle Spin and Louisville, who were single figures, and this bloke's, yeah, double, double their odds and a bit more, and I don't think he should be. Uh, 2,000 metres is going to suit even better. So, yeah, maybe one run before he's going to be absolutely peaking, but... At the good odds, we'll uh, we'll take a punt and have something on him on Saturday. Cozy little meeting on the Parks track at Morfordville in Adelaide on Saturday. Carl, and uh, in characteristic fashion, you've left your specials for the last two races. I suppose we've got to uh, watch our uh, scratchings for your best because, as you mentioned before, he is a dual acceptor. Exactly. Race 8, number 2, here's our Bonneville dual acceptor, entered in Flemington as well, see where he runs. He's favourite to win in Adelaide, and uh, if he doesn't run, my substitute best bet would be race 7, number 3, in my room, who's an even-money favourite, one on debut at Murray Bridge, and then found all sorts of trouble last time at Morfordville, over 1,100 metres. My value selection is race 9, number 5, Impossible Action. This is a horse that... Um, Hasn't won for a while, but he's measured up in better company. His first up run, he, he covered plenty of ground. Last time he was playing, it must be said, he drops in grade. His, his best form would win this. He's, he's shown glimpses. I'm, I'm encouraged by Jake Toroke's booking. He's sticking with him. He had options to ride others. I know he's aligned to the stable Richard and Chantel Jolly, but, you know, Jake would obviously want to be on winning hopes. So I just am going to give him one more chance. To, uh, to, to show something uh, because I don't think the field is particularly strong and as a result, the $11 about him does appeal in the each way. But uh, they're my two specials there, Barks. And as they say, self-praise is no recommendation. We got five winners last week, all over $7. So uh, I might actually have to take more notice of how I'm going in Adelaide. Yes, I should have mentioned that. Uh, we did, in fact, you know, it wasn't just yourself, quite probing yourself. You did actually get... Uh, you have to go. You have to tip pretty well for people to actually get in touch with the paper to say congratulations. So anyway, well done, uh, Joel. Any thoughts on Adelaide this week? 
Uh, nothing in Adelaide, but uh, you can come back to me for Brisbane. I've got something there. Oh, I bet you have. I can see. I can see a very familiar name here in race five. Might not be that, but anyway, Carl. Uh, speaking of Brisbane, they are racing at Eagle Farm. Big fields. What do you got for us? No, well, go to Joel first because I'm not as confident. I want to hear what he's got. Well, something I've backed its last two starts, so I'm stepping in a third time lucky, hopefully. Lucky last. Race 10, number 14, Lady Ladar. And no luck at all. Sunshine Coast two back. It was a tragic watch. She's run sixth and should have gone close to winning. And then the other day, swung wide, finished very strongly for third. So she's going very well, ready to win, just needs a little bit of luck. And um, yeah, missed the $17. I think she's coming to around nine or 10 now, but still a good each way. Price, I would have thought, off her last two runs. And, yes, Barks, the horse you mentioned uh, in race five. Winston Smurfill, a horse I've got a small share in. Bit of a naughty boy. One week he wants to buck. Uh, one week he finds it too hot. He's a bit like a Goldilocks. needs everything to go just right. But uh, 40 to 1, I thought, was a bit rude. So, yeah, he might be a, might be a sneaky hope at those odds. Definitely. And it's right over his uh, preferred distance. I think seven furlongs is probably his sweet spot. So as the outsider of the field, he's, he's definitely worth an each-way ticket. Uh, my best bet, though, comes up against both of those. Oh, no, actually, no, no. My best bet's the, the race before. Race four, number two, Ainty Grand, who was the horse that started his career with Kieran Maher and David Eustace. And now has won one of seven starts for uh, Tony Golden up in Queensland. But... Uh, He's uh, been knocking on the door. This looks a suitable assignment. The only worry here is the absence of speed on paper. The race two weeks ago where most of these runners come out of, they absolutely crawled. It was horrible to watch. And 80 grand uh, um, uh, meets many of those rivals. He finished third in his own uh, final lead-up run, and that was in a slowly run 1,800-metre race. So, again, tempo is the key to these staying races in Brisbane. My value bet's race 10, number five, five crowns. About 20 to 1. Um, look, it's that sort of race. You know, Joel's thrown out a tip there. I've thrown this one out here. That has coming out of Newcastle benchmark 64s, getting back and finding the line. So they're probably going to be similarly placed in the run. But uh, his most recent win came over the Eagle Farm, 1,400 metres in similar grade back in October 2022. And uh, he just appeals on the each-way basis. Alrighty, Ascot, as usual, is the venue for Perth Racing on Saturday. And uh, there's, uh, there are 1,600-metre listed races for three-year-olds of either gender. Race seven is the Lex Piper Stakes for the males. And um, our Perth man, Greg Hooper, Likes a lot of good men to beat Russian to the bar, Royal Toronado and Autumn Rebel, 2, 1, 6 and 4. The Phillies division is the Schweppes Ascot, 1,000 guineas. Well, that's actually over 1,800, not 1,600. And the Phillies, uh, among the Phillies, Hoops likes Own the Queen to beat Sona Tyre, Star Rating and Guarding Heaven, 3, 10, 4 and 1. A lot of good men is his best. That's race set number two. And his value bet comes up in the previous first leg of the quaddy, race six, number two, Ollie's Choice. Earlier in the day across to Tasman, Joel, they're racing at Wingatui, but more importantly, it is New Zealand Derby Day at Ellerslie. Yeah, indeed, Barks, looking forward to Saturday. Some good racing there at Ellerslie, several stakes races. And, of course, the New Zealand Derby, as you touched on, worth a million dollars. And it looks like going to a filly, there's only one filly lining up. And she's going to be an odds-on favourite orchestral from the Roger James and Robert Wellwood stable. 
uh, excellent first up in defeat and since then has put a picket fence of three wins together and she yeah, gave most of these a touch up in the Avondale Guineas a couple of weeks ago and I'd be surprised if any of them could turn the table stepping up in trip. Uh, I've thrown, she's number 17, I've got her on top of course, 14 first innings might be a good roughie, just different form coming through, uh, a maiden win, a strong maiden win uh, by contributor Andrew Forsman trains, I think he'll stay the trip and I thought the two out of the Avondale Guineas, um, or probably three that you can make a bit of a case for, interlinked uh, from the Bustardon and Young stable, I left out of my four, you can make a case for him, but I had Moss Invader number six in for third. Uh, gets a good draw. I think he'll run the trip okay. And two, ascend the throne. He made pretty good ground from the back in that Avondale Guineas and Opie Boston hops back aboard. So they'd be the ones I'd be looking to include in your exotics around the favourite. I've made my best race seven, number nine, certainly. I really like this filly. I think she's very smart. Uh, she was entered for Caulfield last week, but they didn't make the trip across. I think they've got their eyes on Sydney. I just don't know what race. I don't know if they're going to try and get her to the Oaks. Um... Not sure, but she's by Savabeel. She won her second start. Third start, they put her straight in the Group 1 Levin Classic. She charged home from last, finishing sixth. And down in the South Island at Wingatui, my best bet is race three, number 12, Verismo. Has uh, just got going too soon, last couple of starts. Not sure if they've been in the, instru uh, been in the instructions or not, but got on his bike at the 800 and hit the front and peaked, uh, finishing fourth and third. Comes back slightly and trip, draws gate three, gets smothered away and just hope they hold him up for one run. And he'll be hard to beat. He's come up $10. It's a good each way play. And my value bet's going to need a scratching and then luck. But uh, I think she's pretty smart. Race eight, number 15, the real treasure. Takes on a listed race at start two, having gone around in a maiden on debut and finishing fifth. Um, so it's a bit of a throw at the stumps, but she's a half to a group one winner. She was making ground in traffic under her own steam from last and with a bit of luck would have gone close to winning that maiden on debut. So I think she's got a bright future. Sad day, if she gets a run, might come a bit soon, but I think you can have a couple of dollars on her and follow her into the future. All righty, that wraps up a massive Saturday of racing around Australasia. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, after a post-Christmas slump, I am back in form. Uh, Campionessa last week, cute as the place the week before. So I'll see if I can stay on a roll. And uh, conservatively, I'm going to go the place again with my value bet at Flemington Race 5, number 7. Bonnie Amore, $20 the place. Joel? Uh, yeah, I'll go to Flemington as well. I'll have 10 a win, Estriella, Race 7, number 8. And 10 a win, Snow Patrol, race eight, number 11. And I'll do the similar. I'll have 10 the win, race eight, number two, V8. And 10 the win, race nine, number 14, Karini. Excellent. All right. Well, that uh, leads us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It's got all the form for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, all your favourite features and plenty of great reading. Besides, it is online now. I'm pleased to report after last week's disaster. Um, and it's in the shops first thing Friday morning. Um, so have a great 
Australian Guineas Stroke Very Elegant Stakes Weekend. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.